Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. <laughs> I yeah. just walked in. Yeah. Okay. What's up? Yeah, I just showed up. Mm-hmm. I just came in, came downstairs. I just showed up. I haven't been here for a few hours. Right. I happened to have mics rolling when you got here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. We, oh, we want to talk? Huh. And you're like, I was hoping you'd come over and talk about things. Right. But your good evening's more for our, our listeners, maybe. It is true. And I always right. say good evening, but good morning. You, right. Good afternoon. Good. Hope your lunch went well. I don't if know. If this is your brunch time treat every Monday comes out at noon usually so, so it's yeah. probably not working out <laughs> <laughs> unless you wait till next week to listen to it which is fine whatever you want to do yeah. well that's a lot of rambling but i'm gonna the purpose of this podcast is i'm gonna tell you a story right and you don't know what's coming at you i don't all right so i'm gonna take a little sip of this yeah and i'm gonna tell you a story and if it gets a little storytelly if you know what i mean but you have some thoughts, as always, just whip them at me. Yeah, all right. All right. Will cool. do. Cool with being a thought whipper? I was until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never said that term before in my life, so it's huh. a good start. Okay. All right. Anyways. On January 1st, 1880... An unmarried 17-year-old by the name of Sadie McCurdy. Sadie McCurdy Mm -hmm. gave birth to a baby boy. She was not sure of the baby's father, so her brother decided to adopt the child as his own. Unwed mothers were especially ostracized back then. Even today, people aren't great about it. So George and his wife, Helen McCurdy, would raise him, keeping his true parentage a secret. Okay. His name was Elmer. Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. Ten years after his birth, George, again, Elmer's adopted father slash real uncle, died of consumption. Hmm. It's a bad time. It's a bad time. A story familiar to people living during this period and loyal, weird, and feared listeners. Mm -hmm. Do our fans have a name? If I called them feardos, would that be a bad thing? I don't know. It's better than a weirdo, I guess. Ah, uh, yeah. You want to be a weirdo or a feardo? It's your choice. You could have both, I guess. Why not? Yeah, are you a weirdo or a feardo? That could lead to some pretty contentious battles during certain battle royales. Are you a weirdo or a feardo? <laughs> oh, my God. Now they got teams to cheer for. Uh-huh. Oh, crap. Anyways, we're all familiar with the tuberculosis. Not personally. Not that not that familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's hopefully true. stay that way. <laughs> yeah, we have things called antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, after George's death, Sadie and Helen 
Sadie is still a part of Elmer's life, perhaps playing the ant role herself. And as I dug in, it seems to be that was exactly the case. Okay. Um, moved to Bangor, Maine. Elmer had been born in Washington, Maine, meaning the family remained in the native state. So perhaps the two women relocated for more job opportunities for themselves or more opportunities in general for the child both considered a son. Sometime after the move, Sadie confided in her son that the woman he considered his mother was his real aunt and that she was his real mom and that she had no idea who his biological dad was. Sounds problematic. Uh, This turned Elmer's world upside down and quite understandably so. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think uh, Elmer handled this? Probably not great. I feel like at that point you're committed to that lie. It's a white lie, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of, as long as you never find out, and then it shatters your world. Right. I mean, his the man he thought was his dad died. And then she's like, then hey, she, she's like, don't worry about it. That was just your uncle. Yeah, it wasn't really. It's just my brother. It's not your real father. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mom, I mean, aunt. <sighs> what? Yeah. <sighs> Probably not great. Yeah. Well. In order to fill, yeah, I have written down here, not well, question mark. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. In order to fill the void, this betrayal, I use the word betrayal. I don't know if Elmer felt that way, but I think he felt that way. Left in his heart and his sense of self, Elmer welcomed a new friend into his life. This co-conspirator would become his closest confidant as he became more distraught and rebellious in his teenage years. His newfound companion was, of course, alcohol. Hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. It ruins this man's life. <laughs> well, mine's oh, going fine. Oh, my God. Well, Elmer and Booze increasingly found themselves in mischief and out of a job. And this is different times when younger individuals had jobs. You know, real jobs. When Elmer held down a job. What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, Elmer was a plumber. Oh. So he's like an underage teenage plumber. Oh, okay. So that's like a job job. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? I yeah. mean. I was not a plumber at like 13. Right. Exactly. I still am not a plumber. <laughs> no, you, you've never reached plumber status? Is that a, I mean, if you're a, don't send me your angry emails if you're a plumber. Or maybe do. Yeah, why not? Let her rip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So anyway, when Elmer held down a job, he worked as a plumber and eventually took up residence with his grandfather. This provided him with a sense. His real grandfather wasn't under the pretend, like all the cards are on the table. It's his grandfather. Mm -hmm. But it would have been his grandfather either way because his dad was his uncle. (laughs) So it's right. It all works out. Uh, this provided him with a sense of stability until the economy tanked in 1898, as it is still known to do. <laughs> really? Economies, man. Right. They don't this collapse for sometimes. Hmm. Never weird. experienced that in my life. It's weird. Yeah. Not multiple times. No, Bizarre. definitely not. Yeah, Crazy. It's, it's fine, right? Yeah. Once in a lifetime, totally fine. Yeah. Well, Everything's twice now. <laughs> always good. <laughs> totally perfect. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Normal life. Cool. <laughs> so... The jobs became scarce. And to make matters worse, two years later, 
Sadie passed away from a severe ulcer. Oh, you can die from an ulcer? Yeah, it like ruptured, and then it was just like, hmm. it's like all over. It's also like 1898, but I mean, yeah, it's physically possible. You got a hole in your stomach. That's not good. That's not good. I didn't look it up, but like maybe the stomach acid just like eats away. Your everything's all mixed up where it shouldn't be. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds bad. Yeah, it's not. It sounds pretty um, maximum shitty. Mm-hmm. That'd be my technical term if I was a doctor. See, checks out. Maximum shitty. No, but at least Elmer still had his grandfather, right? Some stability. Right. Living with Gramps. Just kidding. Two months later, his pop-pop died of Bright's disease, which is a kidney disease connected to high blood pressure and kidney swelling. That doesn't sound good either. No. So, with nothing left anchoring him to Maine, he wandered the East Coast and then did what anyone looking for a fresh start would be known to do. Wait, so he was 12 and an alcoholic plumber? Um... (laughs) 1898, he was born in 1880, so at that point he's like 18. Okay, that's still... And then, uh, and then hit, uh, two hit. years later, so he's 20 when his mom dies. Oh, okay. But, I mean, he's lived a life up until this point. He's been a, he's been a teenage plumber. Right. Am- uh, amongst getting into trouble and being a drunkard. Right. And then his two authority figures in his life are both dead. One I'm sure he had a little bit of trust issue with. If I, I mean, probably. Well, I'm glad you told me, Mom. But like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. But like, you know how? I mean, that was real common back then. I didn't look up the statistics, but like, you know, unwed mothers. It's probably more common than it is now, but right. Um, but yeah, at this point, he's like 20, and he's got nobody left. So he he was looking for a fresh start. What do you do if it's the uh, olden days and you're looking for a fresh start? Go west. You go west. As he roamed, he took jobs where he could find them, often as a plumber, because he had those skills, and also as a lead miner. You know, a real safe and not dangerous profession at all. Yeah. This miner for lead is fine. Yeah. I'm sure they had OSHA. and Oh, was, yeah. Was OSHA was, like, at top notch. Like, what is that? The... Uh, yeah, the Gilded Age. Oh, yeah, workers' <laughs> rights were top priority. <laughs> yeah, people cared a lot about workers' oh, rights. Oh, man. Especially Again, employers. Yeah, interesting. A lot of a lot of things. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. I'm not going to get into that. That's interesting. Hmm. Weird. Workers' rights? Anyways. Anyways, none of these jobs seem to last long because of Elmer's relationship with the sauce. Elmer loved his booze. Or rather... Love probably had very little to do with this abusive dependency. I mean, working in the mines was also detrimental to Elmer's health. Um, But more on that later. But again, if you're working as a lead miner, would you go home and start pounding booze? Probably. Maybe. I mean, all these situations really led into, like, prohibition, I would assume. Based on everything I've read about this time period, everyone's wasted. And then eventually it's like, this is enough. Yeah. And then it passes, and they're like, "Oh, this is worse. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is way worse." All right, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> edit undo. Yeah. The ultimate American edit undo prohibition. Ah, maybe. Nah, maybe not. Wasn't that like twelve years though, or something? Yeah, twelve years of hell, and then it created organized mob, and it all still lingers to this day, and it's real bad. Mm-hmm. You know, cool stuff. Yeah. How do we invent an underground substance? Oh. Ban it. 
Yeah, we banned it, this thing that was legal forever. Forever. We tried. Thousands of years. <laughs> thousands and thousands of years. <sighs> let's ban a plant. Could go at him. I mean, America. We can do that. Again. Let's ban plants. History just doesn't repeat. I mean, it rhymes. Because, like, oh, it's naughty. And then, like, it's naughty for a long time. Makes me makes makes them feel good. I hate it. Yeah, they can't have fun. No when, like, fun. I believe the conspiracy is that like a campus paper. Yeah. Paper mills can't have that around. It needs to be made out of trees. Yeah. There's like a bunch of stuff from like I want to say World War Two. I believe so. Was a lot of hemp. Yeah. Like without hemp, we would have not. I mean, we might have still won, but... Hemp defeated the Nazis, and we banned it? Yeah. How stupid. Maybe it was World War One. I. I don't we're, know. What is America? We're not talking about that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really not, but that's fine. People tune in to Weird and Feared to listen to half-known facts and partial truths and things we know we heard, and it's all Definitely fine. didn't. Definitely. It's all... It's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was a lead miner, and that was fine. Anyways, his drunken exploits of being hired and fired eventually led him to Kansas, doing plumbing stuff. Again, it's his ultimate trade. And after being arrested for public intoxication in 1905, he made his way to Missouri. And needing a steady job and direction in his life, Elmer enlisted in the United States Army in 1907. Okay. By 1910, he had been honorably discharged. Which is a good thing. Yeah, because a couple of years after that, some some real fun stuff comes. That's true. He just missed all the fun. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and honorably is good, which means, like, maybe they kept him off the booze or at least to a lesser degree. So, like, he he wasn't, yeah, like... It's better than dishonorably. I mean, everything... I, I was like, what does it mean to be honorably discharged? Because, again, I'm not an army scientist. Right. And it seems like everything besides that is bad. <laughs> so, like, that is fine. Yeah, so I Elmer think did a good job. I think that's like when you yeah, you just leave, right? You your, leave your contract's or, you, up or or something prevents you from fulfilling your role, right? Against not against their wishes, but like you're just not up to par. Yeah, something was on, but you didn't do anything wrong, and they just yeah. let you go. Or like your time's up, and like, well, good job. Yeah, see you later. But yep. good, great. Yeah, so he's all good. Yeah, so yeah, my literal comment that I wrote here. So you know I'm not lying, was, so that's good. That is good. <laughs> it is good. Seems like the Army kept him together. While serving, Elmer had been a machine gunner and trained in the use of nitroglycerin. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's fine. Okay. What are you talking about? He was just a drunk who might have cleaned up his ways and was a machine gunner. And learn how to use explosives. Yeah, last time you talked about what explosives. What happened? A school blew up. Oh my god! And a madman was on the blowing everything up. That did happen, didn't it? I did tell you that story. Yeah. He killed a lot of kids that day. Yeah, it was a bad time. Huh. Weird. All right. Well. <laughs> okay, but that was a different guy. This guy is going to fight crime with explosives. Yes. Fing- sure. Fingers crossed. Let's go. Uh, well. Part of your sentence will be true. Explosives is going to be true. Explosives is... <laughs> Again, you know, uh, Elmer palled around with an old army buddy in the week after leaving the service. At this meeting, the two men assembled a bunch of supplies in order to invent a new foot-operated machine gun. 
Why? Or at least that's what they told the judge after being arrested for possessing, quote, chisels, hacksaws, funnels for nitroglycerin, gunpowder, and money sacks. They got arrested just for buying those things? Well, they were arrested. Oh, wait, wait, money sacks? <laughs> the law called this, quote, burglary paraphernalia. They thought they were going to rob someone. That's what it sounds like. It does yeah. sound like that. Well, again, they gave their excuse about making a foot-operated machine gun. Clearly, all those tools are utilized in making a machine gun. Yeah, you, you put the money sacks in the... the. I don't know. I don't know. You don't put money sacks in a gun. <laughs> like, I, can't, I don't know how to BS that. Well, the jury found the duo not guilty, which, good for Elmer. Good. But clearly... His life was beginning to take another turn. Yeah, I think I, I got an idea where this is going. Now, in Oklahoma, McCurdy became aware of another job opportunity. He had set his sights on working on the railroad, which seemed like a pretty lucrative field, especially when you find out that the Iron Mountain Missouri Pacific train had a safe containing $4,000. That's right. McCurdy became part of a quartet of men Bent on stealing said $4,000. I mean, that's probably a lot of money if you go by inflation. Yeah, how much is that in today's money? I'm looking it up right now. A lot. Oh, I can tell you. Yeah? <laughs> Unless you you can tell me. No, you tell me. What do you find? Because yeah. we'll see how the... Uh, we'll compare totals. Maybe take an average. Okay, so $100... In, I just did 1907 because I don't remember what year you said. Sure. Um, $100 is th- almost three grand. Uh, so uh, approximately $110,139.79 in today's money. It's not pocket. It's not pocket change, but it's not like a lot it's of like money. walking around money. That's yeah, what I walk around with typically. It's. I mean, it's. You yeah. know, I've, I've felt that about you. I've caught that vibe. Yeah. Just that you've had at least, you know. You know, a vague, you know, vague, non-specific number for one hundred ten thousand dollars, one hundred thirty-nine seventy-nine cents. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. You might buy a shirt that day, or some socks, or something. You never know. Maybe some shoes. Mm-hmm. See something you like. You're like, you know, I could. You know, I like that garment. I'm gonna buy it. Right. Window shopping. Yeah, that's something of, I do. A lot of window shopping you do normally, especially during a global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's fine. I love the mall. It's great. Who doesn't? I don't. It's amazing. <laughs> I hate the mall. <laughs> it's the best. I hate shopping. Just walk around. Overpriced goods. It's the American dream, the mall. Weird. The mall's the American dream and lots are dying. Anyways, wow. That's <laughs> wow. not yeah. untrue. I'm just saying. It's not untrue. Interesting. But anyways, McCurdy was now a train robber. Or at least he was on the path to becoming one. Aspiring. Yes, he, he was an aspiring train, train robber. robber. <laughs> His team was able to halt the train, board it, and and pinpoint the safe. Mm -hmm. This is where, you guessed it, McCurdy's nitroglycerin skills came to the rescue. Using his specialized expertise, McCurdy obliterated the safe door. Nice. Unfortunately for everyone involved, that also included the safe itself and all the money inside. Yeah. (laughs) That's a thing that'll happen. Save for 450 silver coins that were melted to the side. 
Overdid it a little bit, maybe. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? All right, guys, we're going st- <laughs> to... Boom! Well, can you scrape those melted coins off the side? Wait, wasn't the safe supposed to still be there? <laughs> <laughs> Where does... What happened, McCurdy? Uh, well, you said blow it up. I blew it up. Yeah, I did it. This is my... <laughs> I did my job. Where's the money? Uh, money, oh. he- money heaven? Oh. <laughs> money heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> went to St. Peter. What? We can't spend that if it's in heaven. Mm. Well, this is where the elaborate heaven heist comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to throw this out and just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> where four men try to infiltrate heaven to steal the money that was sent there by their botched operation. <laughs> they hijack, they kidnap St. Peter, and they extort Michael into giving them other money. <laughs> and he just kills everyone and levels a whole town instead. <laughs> he smites them. They're all salt. Fuck you, here's Gabe. Pillars of salt, bitch. A boom. Oh my god. Wow. What were we talking about? He's he's the good guy. <laughs> yeah, bold. Yeah, a soldier of the Lord. Oh my god. Literally. All right. Did I mention McCurdy wasn't much of an expert in demolitions? Whatever training he got seems to not be sufficient for anything that it would be used to do. <laughs> but that doesn't sound good. <laughs> The extent of his knowledge seems to be that he knew nitroglycerin went boom. And that was about it. I know that much. Yeah. Well, that's September. Again, same year. This time, part of a trio. McCurdy and his team invaded the Citizens Bank in Kansas. Switching from trains, McCurdy and buddies. After you, I just like to call them his buddies. You know, just romping around, having fun. McCurdy and buddies, after utilizing a hammer to break down the bank wall, uh, exploited more of McCurdy's nitroglycerin expertise to blast off the door around the vault. So there's like a door, and then there's like the vault and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, there's layers. It's a bank. The vault was not damaged. So McCurdy used another charge, again, of nitroglycerin. Let's get it. And let that rip. Let it rip. Only this time, instead of overperforming, he failed making anything go boom. Refusing to leave empty-handed, the group made off with 150 coins that were sitting in a receptacle outside the vault. So just like loose change. Like change <laughs> just jar. loose change. Like yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, maybe not the success he was hoping for. Maybe not. Um, the team disbanded and McCurdy escaped to a friend's house near... Bartlesville, Oklahoma. He hung out in a hay shed and drank, drank, and drank. Drink, drank, drunk. Drink, drank, drunk. That October, Elmer McCurdy made his ultimate play. He discovered that a Katy train was carrying $400,000 in cash, destined for the Osagi Nation. This was the major leagues. Of highway robbery. Are you looking up how much that would be? I was looking up a Katie train. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, with good, because I didn't, I didn't look up that part. So you should tell me what a Katie train is. I just figured it was like a specific, like freight type train or armored train or, you know. It's the Missouri Kansas Texas Railroad, better known as the Katie. Ah. There you go. 
There you go. Bold. Makes sense. Now, again, this was a big deal. McCurdy found two men willing to go in to the belly of the beast with him. And once again, they were able to stop the train, board it, and begin their crime. However, they quickly realized this was not the train they were looking for. Uh-oh. But a passenger train full of people. That are probably giving them weird looks right now. Probably. Like, what the fuck? I mean, as a man who had ridden a train for many years, if I, I'd be half asleep. Like, the only thing that would wake me up on the train would be like, tickets! Oh, for fuck's sake. Yep. And I would have it displayed. Yep. And then the conductor, I would just point to it, and the conductor would be like, oh, okay. Because I'd have, like, a pass. It's like, mm. why'd you wake me up, you fucking dick? Anyways, it's a deep cut, but it bothered me every time. I put it right here. Right, so you could see it without waking me up. Right, I was taking a nap. Back in those days, I would pound monsters and nap on the train. Didn't make any sense. Hmm. It's not smart. I don't know. Weird dreams in the train. Anyways, that's a separate topic. <laughs> what the fuck? But so anyways, yeah, it was full of people. Not the $400,000, which I know you were curious. In that, in 1911, it would be $11,000,000. $13,978.95. So that, my friend, Worth is robbing. legitimate monies. Absolutely. Yep. That's, Again. That's what I call walking around for a weekend money. Yeah, that's a good weekend for you. I know how you go in those weekends. Yeah. That's a, go pretty hard. Pretty hard. You crash a few Lamborghinis. As you do. I mean, <laughs> why not? You got five. Why not? When in Rome. Five? Yeah, when in Rome. Oh, it is an Italian car. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> So again, not wanting to leave empty-handed, the team stole forty-six dollars from the mail clerk, <laughs> uh, two demi johns of whiskey. Huh. Do you know what a demi john is? No. Well, demi johns, which are rigid cartons that hold up to—it's from like one to sixteen gallons. It's a vague amount, but it's like the amount that they hold. So I like to go with the, uh, the maximum amount here. So at least 16 gallons, or maximum 16 gallons of whiskey. So our raging alcoholic main character, train robber, had potentially 13 gallons of whiskey to his name now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's fine. And the crime spree was not done because he also acquired an automatic revolver and the train conductor's watch and coat. Dapper. Give me that. Uh, it's just like you, you literally fuck up. You just look around. Wait, like, do they not have guns already? I don't think they had guns. How do you run a train without I mean, they guns? It doesn't seem like no no website or article I found mentioned they held anybody up. If somebody tried to rob me and they just said, hey, give me your money, and I they mean, didn't have a weapon, I'd say, no, fuck off. I mean, <laughs> like, maybe, right. Maybe they did You bust have, out a gun, and I'll be like, sure, here you go. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> it was just, right, exactly. And maybe because you're thinking um, how you're thinking, maybe that's just the assumption. Like, mm-hmm. they, they probably did have guns. Okay. But maybe he chose to just steal this. He saw... It was notable because he took it from somebody. Give me that. Because, like, literally, you fuck up, and you're like, "Ah, I'll take this, I'll take this. Give me your jacket. Well, I got nitroglycerin. I'm like, cool. You're going to blow us all up? You're going to rub it on me? You're (laughs) going to commit murder? Like, well, I wasn't going to commit murder. But then you mentioned it. Nope. (laughs) The whole train. Nope. No murders there. Okay. Quote, 
One of the smallest in the history of train robbers or robberies. I mean, that's not even a felony. Said one newspaper. I mean, it's just like, uh, <laughs> that's just a misdemeanor. Yeah, it's almost like you borrowed money. Yeah. You just give it back. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> Regardless of its minimal statute, statue, stature, wow. Uh, unbeknownst to McCurdy, a $2,000 reward had been issued for his capture. So he's been fucking up enough where, like, somebody put out a $2,000 reward for him. Yeah, like, all right, you're, you're, you're done. Like, all right, you've been, you've been mucking around here. You blew up a few things, and then you basically just, like, ransomed a bunch of people. He stole a man's jacket. What are you doing? All right, so sad, lonely, potentially feeling like a failure. Probably feeling like a failure. Elmer retreated to his friend's hay shed and began pounding his multiple gallons of whiskey. Never go for multiple gallons of whiskey in a single... He's got multiple gallons of whiskey. Anything. A single anything. He's got demijohns of whiskey. One to 16 gallons. Basically, yeah. Let's just go with eight gallons. Never... Eight gal- I mean, it's plenty. I mean, one gallon of whiskey is enough. Yep. That should last you a while. It, sh- it should. <laughs> it should. In an ideal world, that would last you a long time. Mm-hmm. But we're living in McCurdy's world. McCurdy's world. And he... Uh, Dirty McCurdy. <laughs> oh, man. His old friend alcohol, either trying to soothe his pain or transport him to a different dimension. Both... He's got gallons of whiskey, probably both. Mm-hmm. Now, from the October 8th, 1911 edition of the Daily Examiner, Sheriff Bob Fenton said. Sheriff Bob. i got to pull up a screen cap here. Just uh, give me a, just bear with me for just a moment. But I'm going to keep talking as I pull it up. And here we go, quote. Again, McCurdy's in a hay shed, just pundling whiskey into his body. Into his face hole. Yeah, into his face hole. His face hole is flooded with the devil's juice. It began just about 7 o'clock. We were standing around, waiting for him to come out. When the first shot was fired at me, it missed me, and he then turned his attention to my brother. Stringer Fenton. I'm going to pause right here and just mention, you know how much of a badass name, first name Stringer is? It's pretty cool. Your name's just Stringer? That's your name? Stringer. All right. Stringer Fenton. Mm-hmm. He shot three times at Stringer, and when my brother got undercover, he turned his attention to Dick Wallace. He kept shooting at all of us for about an hour. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's three like officers around this shed, and he's just launching bullets at for an them hour. For an hour, hmm. we fired back every time we could. God, West was wild. Well, and this is what what year again? 1911. Okay, so this is end of the Wild West. End of the Wild. Right. It's start. It's about we're winding down, but clearly things are still. Getting a little crazy. Get a little wild still. A little wild, you right? Know? 
The West doesn't want to be tamed. No. It likes to be wild. It likes to not be tamed. Brace yourself for this next sentence. Okay. We fired back. Oh, I read that already. But I'll read it again. We fired back every time we could. But here's the doozy. We do not know who killed him on the trail. We found one of the jugs of whiskey which was taken from the train. It was about empty. Oh, Oh, my God. And it hasn't been that many days or it hasn't been that long since they found him. He was pretty drunk when he rode up to the ranch last night. So that's like a day he drank at least multiple gallons of whiskey, even if it's two gallons of whiskey. Holy fuck, man. I drink a gallon of whiskey. Yeah, who are you? What dimension do you go to? Are you named Zach Zach anymore? No. (laughs) What do you call yourself? Uh, Demijohn. (laughs) I am the Demijohn. (laughs) (laughs) He smashed over your head. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be a, I'd have a real bad time. I, I mean, you you wouldn't be a human anymore. I wouldn't be alive. You'd be done. I would be dead. You would not be a person. Well, you would be dead, and so was Elmer. Because yep. Elmer McCurdy was dead. Struck by a lone bullet, a lone gunshot in the chest. And this is how they found him. As he lay on the ground, perhaps too drunk to even stand, as he launched a melee of undirected weapons fire at surrounding police forces from a decrepit hay shed. Hmm. And there's like drawings of the hay shed. It's like dilapidated. It's just like an old fucking broken down shed. Hmm. And his friend was like a reverend. So it's just like in this guy's backyard. He's probably like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) What is happening? Well, Elmer drank three gallons of whiskey again. (laughs) Had a shootout with the police and then was murdered. By himself? Basically. Or who the fuck <laughs> yeah. knows? I don't know. He died as he lived. Confused. Drunk. Ineffective. Hmm. This was a story of the life and death of Elmer McCurdy. Okay. Now, what about his life after death. Drunken and more messy? <laughs> I mean, he's fucking dead, but he's got things to do. Okay. McCurdy's body was taken to Undertaker Joseph Johnson, where McCurdy's next of kin would claim him. But as we learned earlier, yeah, didn't have any next of kin. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker, I just like saying that, by the way, the Undertaker used an arsenic embalming fluid, traditionally used to preserve a body for longer, keeping the body preserved, again, long enough for the next of kin to, you know, learn that someone has died and retrieve them, retrieve yeah. the body. And in the early 1900s, I imagine that takes a little longer than now. Correct, right. It might, you know, again, probably a few weeks. Yep. But... You know, Elmer was out west. They didn't know what we know. Elmer had no next of kin. No next of kin was coming. Elmer just had himself. The undertaker cleaned Elmer up, gave him a slick shave, and put him in a nice suit, and then stored him in the back of the funeral home. You know, waiting. 
hoping. Right. But I can't stress this enough. We know this, but no one was coming for Elmer. Nope. Not a soul. Mom dead. Grandpa dead. Uncle dad dead. Don't know what happened to aunt. Nothing, nobody really cared to talk about that. I assume she's just out of the picture. Probably dead. Yeah. I mean, she's not a blood relation, but she's still like. I can imagine aunt. it was a great relationship after things right. got kind of. You're, so you're not my mom? And she's like, Ugh. Yeah. I was just put into this. Yeah. Right. So. But I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, nobody's coming for him, though. I assume after a few weeks, people visiting the funeral home would be like, Joseph, when are you going to let this guy get buried? Then Joseph would be like, I'm not letting this guy go until I get paid. I mean, you gotta get paid, I guess. Look what I did. I need to get paid. But nobody was paying Joseph. It wasn't happening. So Elmer sat, immaculately preserved. Six months went by until Joseph was like, damn it, if nobody is going to pay me, I'm going to pay myself. Or rather, I'm going to go to the source. All right, Elmer. It's time to put you to work. Okay. <laughs> so Elmer went to work. And work he did. Johnson dressed him in street clothes, gave him a rifle, positioned him outside the funeral home, like around the corner, and charged people a nickel to stare at him. <laughs> okay. This, to put it plainly, was a hit. Elmer was a hit. No longer bound by sadness and booze, Elmer was able to keep a steady, very steady job. People would come from all over to gawk at the quote. He had a few names. The bandit who wouldn't give up. The mystery man of many aliases. The Oklahoma outlaw. And the embalmed bandit. Again, all taglines Elmer would be promoted by. So this undertaker decided to throw a dead body outside. Be like, take a fucking look. Give me a nickel. And people did. And they kept coming. Wow, wild times. 1911. Maybe 1912. Probably right around there. Six months. So I don't know if it passed yeah. the year threshold. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> we're picking at straws there. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, I mean, when I say Elmer was a hit, like, he was a fucking hit. We've briefly skirted around like sideshows and carnivals and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like carnivals noticed how much of an all-star Elmer was. This dead arsenic preserved corpse. They tried to release him from the clutches of Joseph Johnson, but Johnson shot down all attempts to purchase him. The man liked his nickels. I guess. Who doesn't like a good nickel? Come on. How do you think I got that walking around money? Oh my God, dude. You, how many, do you have a, a scam where you got like corpses all over the place that people pay to look at? <laughs> You'd like to know that, wouldn't you? You'd like to, <laughs> me to admit that. I would like to know that. <laughs> yes, I would. I would absolutely <laughs> like to know that. Johnson retained possession of Elmer until 1916 when he was contacted by two of Elmer's long lost brothers. Interesting. Brothers? Yeah, what? I thought Elmer didn't have any brothers. Right? Right. Well, James and Charles Patterson 
created an elaborate charade to maneuver Elmer from Johnson's clutches by falsifying their identities into his next of kin, who no one thought were coming. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they present themselves as relations, then like Johnson's like, well, fuck. But like, let's think about this for a second. If they were really his brothers, and you walk up to collect your dead brother, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing with him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So they didn't buy him. He was forced to, get, that had to be the most awkward conversation that didn't need to happen. Right. Like, hey man, got my, oh. Uh, Wait. Oh. That's him? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, so, hold so, on, let me go meet with my croup again. They do a quick huddle. It's like, uh, we didn't expect this. <laughs> it's like, all right, you can take him. Okay, yeah. all right. Elmer became a highlight of the brothers' business hmm. sideshow. Quote, the Great Patterson Carnival Show. So they had a whole thing. It's a whole carnival. You know, they're all, you know, you know the kind of thing. Yep. They called him, quote, the outlaw who would never be captured alive. Again, got a, you know, real catchy. Again, longer names are better back then. Yep. They made bank off Elmer until 1922 when the carnival was sold to Lewis Sonny's, quote, Museum of Crime. This is when Elmer's post-death life really took off. In 1928, he was in a sideshow alongside the transatlantic foot race. So basically, people are running around like, hey, look at this fucking dead guy. Oh, my God. And keep on going, I guess. <laughs> In 1933, I think that's a three, he was used to promote a movie. The movie was called Narcotic. For this, he was featured in theater lobbies, playing the role of the, quote, dope fiend. So they just take him to movie theaters, throw his body in there, and be like, look what we got. Yeah, this guy's on fucking, this guy's on fucking drugs. But it didn't stop there, because he wasn't just any dope fiend. The director of the film boasted that Elmer was a degenerate that tried to rob a drugstore, but was stopped by his very own heroics. So the director claimed that he had killed Elmer as he attempted to steal from, like, a drugstore. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? This is lie town. We say whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Imagine being like, oh, interesting. The director killed this guy. <laughs> oh. Look at him. Yeah, wow. Isn't that wild? Now... Elmer was, again, they said he was a degenerate. Uh, Dwayne Esper was the director. Said to, uh, he said that Elmer looked fucked up, not because he was a decades-old corpse, but because God, that's he's what... He's a decade-old at this point? I mean, we're talking 1930s. He died, in <sighs> 19, he died in 1911, man. He died in 1911. That's ridiculous. It's been 20-some years. Oh, God. <laughs> But because that's what drugs do to you, that's what he said. Drugs made him look this way. Not the fact that he was covered in arsenic and is dead for over 20 years. Jesus. But Curry's appearance was never that immaculate. I mean, I was kind of exaggerating earlier. But for a corpse, he had looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. But by the 30s, he was looking rough. I can imagine. <laughs> right? He's like leathery and it's just like, <sighs> while still not looking good by dead people's standards, he was still very well preserved. Preserved so well 
that you might as well call him a mummy. A mummy. Hmm. Eventually, after Lewis Sonny's death, Elmer was shoved in a warehouse. You know, a place where corpses go. He belongs in a museum. <laughs> no, he's just throwing in a fucking warehouse with a bunch of other trash. Fucking happening. <laughs> yes! Uh, until, until Lewis's son, Dan, loaned him out. Because why not? He's just gonna, he's fucking loaning him out. It's fine. I mean, he's just sitting here freeloading. Right. Put him to work. And he, I mean, basically, right? Fucking slacker. He's, I mean, and what's sad is that at this point, Elmer has probably made more money dead than he made alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dan loaned him out for David F. Friedman. It's a man. So he loaned him out to David F. Friedman. Uh, for his She Freak. It's a film, another film, enjoying the post-life skills of Elmer. In 1968, it's 1968. Holy fuck, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I am not. Elmer, along with some wax figures, were purchased by the Hollywood Wax Museum, which would take Elmer on a journey to meet some equally alive presidents at Mount Rushmore. The joke is they're not really alive. They're just stone, but they're not alive, and Elmer is very much dead. He's a dead man. He's dead. He's a 57-year corpse at this <laughs> he point. He really is. Where he was displayed outside. That seems like a smart idea. Mm. And exposed to the elements. Nope. A windstorm. Where his ear tips, fingers, and toes were, quote, blown off. <laughs> oh, my God. They just set him out there. All the weather's getting rough. Oh, fuck. Look at Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Spoonie Singh, owner of the Wax Museum, said that after this calamity, he looked, quote, too gruesome, quote. And he also felt like he didn't look real anymore. Well, yeah, no one has ever seen a person look like this. It shouldn't. Nobody should. Why, why did anyone? <laughs> it, got out of, it got so out of hand. Uh. He then sold Elmer to the Pike, an amusement zone in Long Beach, California. Where he was hung in the, quote, laugh in the dark exhibit. I don't like that. Laugh is spelled L-A-F-F, by the way. It's pretty funny. I hate that. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, fast forward. Not too far, but far enough. 1976. Again, the man died in 1911. That's 65 years. Yeah. Well... <laughs> While filming an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, a crew member moved a mannequin out of the way to get to some stuff or part of a prop or whatever, when its arm broke off, revealing a human bone and muscle inside. Or what was left of muscle. I think I've actually heard of this part. You probably have, because I figured you may have. That mannequin had been hanging from the ceiling, but that was no mannequin. That was Elmer. He was... And by this point, he was drenched in wax and covered in phosphorus paint. They had painted a dead man at yeah. some point. Uh-huh. And sans ears, fingers, toes, and now an arm. Now, using forensic context clues and science, the police identified, uh, identified him, of course. But I mean, he had a bullet wound, period clothing. 
Mm-hmm. Again, the arsenic embalming, that kind of dates him when that was common. Um, again, the bullet wound. Um, dental science, like they did like a jaw thing, you know, teeth or whatever, try to figure shit out. Right. But maybe the most obvious clue was a 1924 penny and a ticket stub to the 140 Pike Sideshow and Lewis Sonny's Museum of Crime wedged like in his mouth. So he had like a ticket from way back then. Somebody just must have shoved the ticket in his mouth at some point. Yeah, some random jackass. Yeah, some like, fucker was like, <laughs> watch this. Yeah. So again, I mean, they called up Dan Sonny, again, Lewis Sonny's son, who was like, yeah, that's Elmer. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Yeah. I hope we got papers moving around. Sorry, guys. They did some skull radiographs to make sure it was Elmer. But, I mean, let's be real. The ticket sold the deal. And they called up a guy and said, like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we painted him. Yeah, someone painted him. Well, you, I don't know. If, yeah, I wonder if he even knew. They, you guys painted him? <laughs> oh. Huh. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, you probably could have used that. On April 22nd, 1977. Again, 1977. 66 years after he died. After several funeral homes offered to bury Elmer for free, because now he was a national sensation. I mean, sideshow, I mean story. He was buried in the Boot Hill section of Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma, at the behest of Indian Territory Posse of Oklahoma Western's representative, Fred Old. So this guy was like, come on, bring him back to Oklahoma. I'm like, all right. He had a graveside service. Finally, putting Elmer to rest, sixty-six years after his death, three hundred people showed up. Huh? That's a good amount for a man who had died in nineteen eleven and had no next of kin. Yep. They poured two feet of concrete in Elmer's casket to uh, to keep would-be ruffians from exploiting him yet again. They didn't want anybody stealing this corpse, so they're like, "Nah, yeah, Elmer's staying put this time." His tombstone reads, shot by Sheriff's Posse in Osagi Hills on October 7th, 1911. Returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma, from Los Angeles County, California, for burial, April 4th, 1977. That is the life and death, and the life after death, of the outlaw mummy, Elmer McCurdy. Huh. How do you, uh... Yeah, I got a I got a minor epilogue, but how do you feel about that? It's not where I thought it was going to go at all. Where did you think that was headed? What, I mean, what what did you think was going on? When as he it began, started doing explosives and uh huh. I thought I was headed for another disaster, right? But yeah, huh? And then when he said his life after death, I was like, oh, he's going to be a, a ghost or a a, right. a haunt like uh. Wow, who's the headless horse that I did a while back? Oh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I know it. Yeah, I forget what that guy's called. Shit, that sucks. I love that story. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm yeah. blanking on it at the moment, though. But yeah, I thought it was going to go one of those routes, and no, it turned out even stranger. <laughs> this is a fucking, this is a fucking mummy. He lived longer in death than he did in life. Right. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't very old when he died. No. And he had a hard life, and he fucked up a lot, and he was just a yeah. mess. Huh. But then somebody embalmed him, 
and decided to charge a nickel. And then from there, it was off to the fucking races. He's a human being. He was. <laughs> yeah, what is he now? A mummy. Yeah. Epilogue. Okay. Did you know the oldest mummy discovered in North America was found near Fallon, Nevada, inside Spirit Cave? Within a shallow grave, wrapped in a tulle mat? This mummy reached its mummy status not deliberately, but by accident. The dry cave, um, the dry cave air provided the perfect setting for a natural mummification process. So that was a natural occurring mummy that just happened to happen. So how old was that mummy? It's the oldest mummy found in North America, and I mean, it's a pretty old mummy. By old? Yeah, old. Like you mean like, okay. Like when did it die? When did the human die and then it became mummified over this amount of time? We're guessing, uh, I'm going to say 1680. Um, I haven't done the math, so how many years ago would that be? 1680, that's like 500 years, right? No. Well, yeah, kind of close. Close enough. 10,000 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, bold, right? Yeah. What the fuck? All right, well, when people think of mummies, it's hard not to think of ancient Egypt, right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah. the mummy, right? Yeah, right? The oldest known Egyptian mummy goes back to um, 5,500 years. Mm-hmm. But that mummy is an unintentional mummy. It wasn't. It was just like you know, like natural circumstances, kind of like the right. the Nevada mummy. But unlike the mummy uh, found in Nevada, um, eventually, again, mummification became a reverent and deliberate process and a ritual believed to help Egyptian souls sustain their journey through the afterlife, so they could meet the god Osiris. The heart was left intact. Um, you know, certain things meant the soul had longer time to get to Osiris, the god of the dead, who would decide whether or not they could join the other gods in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But back to the Americas. The oldest intentional mummy can be traced back to the uh, Cameroons Valley of Chile. These mummies from the Chinchuro culture date back to 19,000 to 3,000 100 years ago. So that's a decent chunk of time, too. Damn. Right? Intentional and unintentional mummification created either by acts of God or acts of man, men adhering to their specific religious traditions. Now, Elmer started out becoming a mummy because of tradition and functionality. He died, embalm him, the function of the arsenic to keep him preserved so someone could come and find him. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody. I mean, I guess m- he was found by a man who, you know, decided to do what he did with him. But he continued again to become a mummy by accident. No one had intended for him to be floating around the planet as long as he did. Right. And as time went on, he stayed a mummy for America's most sacred religion. He became a mummy for capitalism. Mm-hmm. That is a story of Elmer McCurdy. Clearly, he went by many names, but I'm going to call him the outlaw mummy. Okay. And I like it. He was a mummy for capitalism. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it. It's that. a lot. It's a lot to handle. I know it's a lot to process. The only thing I. 
I remember hearing about at some point I came across something where yeah. they discovered a mannequin with that was a human or something like that. Right. And it prompted like a murder investigation and things mm-hmm. like that. So when you brought that up, I was like, I feel like I've heard this part before, but I didn't know any of that other shit. Right. I thought you might have, but I was like, there's a lot there's a lot here about oh, just yeah. what's going on. So like Yep. Hopefully that would be a fresh take, so I'm glad it was because oh, like, yeah. what the fuck, man? <laughs> Elmer. Yeah, Elmer. I just and then like he's mummified and then sold. And then he just floats around. Nineteen eleven. He floated to the earth from 1911 to 1977. And he was born in what, 1880, you said? 18, 18, yeah, he was born in 1880. Yeah. So his body was above ground for almost 100 years. Just which, shy. Which isn't that unusual because people can live long. Right. But he was dead since 1911. Yeah. <laughs> he was dead. He was done. So. In a drunken shootout. Where 1907. He, no, what, 1911? He, he died in 1911, yeah. So he's 31 years old. Yeah. And he spent 67 years. No. 66 years. Yeah. So three, two times his lifespan. Correct. Yeah. That's weird. (sighs) Elmer. Oh, Elmer. That poor... Yeah, poor Son man. Son of a bitch. That poor man. I mean, I guess he's fucking dead. It doesn't matter. But it just gets more fucking morbid the more it goes on when he loses his toes and his fingers. Yeah. And then someone's like, oh, ah. we left him out a windstorm. Like, oh. His ears and fingertips blew <laughs> off. Well, I don't know. And then they're like, ah, oh, he's too gross to be shown to people. I think he was gross a long time ago. I feel like he had to be gross the entire time. The entire time. There's no way like he looked Maybe great. like the first... Yeah, like normal, like like Undertaker stuff. Yeah, even I mean, when he, you go, to, he wasn't rotted yet. Like he wasn't rotting. The arsenic fucking preserved his ass. No, but you know, like when you go to a funeral and yes, you see somebody that you've yes. known for so long, and right, they already look different. Correct. It's not the same. No, it's like yeah, it's sad, and you're like oh, so you know he well, didn't I mean, look the same. If you if you are curious Elmer McCurdy was of course a famous attraction I'm sure I can find pictures you can find pictures of exactly what Elmer looks like I need to look and uh, you know he looks like a fucking he's like a he's like a mummy yeah it can't look good no but like the fact I mean he dressed him up like a cowboy and like fucking put a rifle next to him like this fucking outlaw yeah And, and I mean Imagine if I'm, I had this written down here. This is just an ending thought. But, like, imagine, because, like, this is what happened. Imagine if America found a way to make profits off of criminals after they've killed them. What the fuck is that enterprise? That's what happened to Elmer. I mean, it was just a random man, but they, this man died in a shootout and became a sightseeing attraction. People gave their up their hard-earned nickels to look at this dead man. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. Holy shit. Yeah, how's Elmer looking? Pretty good? He looks pretty rough towards the end here. Towards the end of uh, when he was getting close to getting buried, I think. Let me see this He one. looks like a mummy. Just like 
he doesn't. He he's doesn't the outlaw. Look, he's the outlaw mummy. Yeah. I mean, that picture just showed me. He's missing all of his hair. I mean, he's a mummy. He's just skin, mm-hmm. like vacuum sealed to bone. Yep. I'm like, just put him in the ground, and they did. Eventually. Took a little longer than normal. He he spent almost ten years just hanging in a funhouse. He was a dead person. I mean, oh, Elmer. Hmm. Yep. Right? That's a weird one. Ah, it's a lot to process. Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. Oh, McCurdy. Oh, McCurdy. Mm-hmm. The. It's a fucking mummy. Outlaw mummy. That's what this picture says. There he is. Yep. But yeah, Elmer. Mm-hmm. May he rest in peace in his Oklahoma grave. Yeah. Way too long after he should have been buried. After yep. living a sad life and then becoming just this fucking, <laughs> this fucking sideshow. Yep. The embalmed bandit. Yeah. It's a popular term, too. Hmm. I mean, you saw his picture at the end. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Man's a mummy. Yeah, he's a mummy. Well, if you guys have any mummy stories, you should email weirdandfreepodcast at gmail.com. Anchor.fm slash weirdandfeared if you want to tell me an audio story about said mummy. Or contact us on the Facebook and the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We're on those. Um, and, I mean, if you want to support the show and help support what we're doing... And basically just kind of, you know, keep us chugging along. Yeah. So Any helps appreciated. Absolutely. Listen to the Behind the Veil. We're probably going to continue about continue talking about the madness that is Elmer McCurdy or any other tangents that come to our minds that are spawned by the fact that a man was made an attraction way long after his death. Oh, Elmer. Oh, Elmer. All right, guys. Stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. <laughs>